The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my mind. And welcome to another exciting episode of the Clip Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim Deal Double G. Tonight, I'm joined by the man behind the sound effects at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? And we also have at at Roddy Cat on Twitter. But, 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 but that's okay. You could have said it in seventy twice. I would not mind. <laughs> well, I almost said it because his image is up on my screen as I got ready to talk. Since the, I'm not running the show tonight. Oh, good. But joining us once he gets his computer situation taken care of will be at PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. Hopefully he, hopefully he can hear that as he's trying to log in. Make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book News. <laughs> on our homepage are links to our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Google+. <laughs> Make sure to subscribe to the podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and YouTube.com. <laughs> and we are also a part of the Coast Little Podcast Network. Go to CSPN.us. Do it today. And while you're on the CSPN, make sure to buy some Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Remember, we record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can always tune in by bookmarking the the link, theclitnation.com forward slash live. And if you're on social media talking about comments, Make sure to use the hashtags Comic Chronicles and CBCron to join in the conversation. And the first book for review this week is the penultimate chapter of No Surrender, Avengers number 689. Pretty sure I used that word penultimate, right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> you got it. Even if I can't pronounce it. <laughs> so a lot, this is, instead of saving the big fight for the end, this was the Avengers all the Avengers basically joining forces to take on the challenger, AKA grandmaster prime. <laughs> I still laugh at that. I'm yes. Sorry. Very uh, creative name there. <laughs> for his rap group to, to happen. I, I, I'm looking for the right song. That's all I'm going to be doing. This grandmaster flash and the furious. Yeah, exactly. 
Or you can do thank you for the show. I don't know. Just, just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like but definitely something. I was thinking, you know, the message or or, or, or something. I'm not sure what. So sure. And but, we had uh, uh, the one of the Forgotten Avengers step up to challenge the Grandmaster 1.0. I guess he will, he'll be called now. <laughs> uh, that'd be Lightning. Yes, I, you know we have to stop calling him Living Lightning. They have rebranded him as Lightning. Yeah. Oh, I, for, for a second, I thought you were talking about the, the other sort of forgotten Avenger, that being Wonder Woman, Wonder Man, who, yeah, had a minute. And... Yeah, ripped in half, didn't he? Yeah, got proved proved to be worthless. <laughs> but he, uh, it helps to be made of pure energy. So exactly, he'll be back. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I enjoyed this issue. Like it was it was a whole bunch of good action. Like you see the Avengers. Like you just finally see a good. Just Avengers come together. Although notably, like granted, it wasn't all of the Avengers, but it was a good clump of them. Because I did not uh, think about it. Like there were no Ultimates, except for you might have seen like a shot of T'Challa and America, uh, America Chavez, like in a panel. But you know, there was definitely a core group that was in New York doing right. the panel, and um, uh, you know, the, the a lot of the uh, the periphery, the peripheral characters were on the periphery, um, you know, saving lives around the world. Mm-hmm. But you also got to see some good, like I said, there are some some pretty good, like classic, almost classic adventures actions. Like you see the, the interaction between Wasp, well, one, the two Wasps and the Wasp and, and Hawkeye and just some stuff like that that's kind of always been the core of Avengers. Sure. Where they have their, their big moments. So that was good to see. And uh, I, I kind of like that Wade and Zub and Ewing kind of wrapped things in, in, a, in, a, in a not, or at least brought things back from the very beginning of the story arc. Um, because of how, you know, based, uh, you know, and what I'm speaking of is the, uh, the game that is played between Lightning and uh, the uh, and Grandmaster 1.0. And, uh, you know, when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah. So now we know how that all ties in from the very beginning of the story arc. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that's kind of a, like, especially when the Grandmaster is concerned, that kind of ends up going going that way. Right. So. I didn't see it. You know, like, I didn't anticipate it. Although, to be honest, you know, like there's weeks when I don't catch up to this uh, storyline right away. So I kind of, you know, I, I kind of needed a, a refresher on what had happened all those many moons ago. Oh, I read three, uh, three books back to back. So, <laughs> so it was kind of relatively fresh. Gotcha. But yeah, I think this was like the opening scene, right? From the first book. Yeah. Where he was like undercover or something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Into which he even called to it. But, oh, there was also some weird stretches and power, power uses going on in this issue. Like specifically with like Falcon, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, Sunspot. Oh yeah, that could. Uh, was it her name? Uh, Poor girl. Now I'm thinking about the Uncanny Avengers uh, and Human Girl. Oh 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 um Synapse Synapse. Yeah, can we call it Century or something? Yeah, all right. Oh god, don't give her that. <laughs> but yeah, even well, like I was about to say even Scarlet Witch, but heck, we've seen her do way 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 more with the use of her powers. Mm-hmm. Than, than that, so I was like, okay, like the thing with Falcon, I'm like that's a bit of a stretch, but all right, we're gonna run with it. And you know, Sunspot being compared to a Hulk or being as strong as Hulk, which I guess could happen. Which you know, I guess you know, go back to the Marvel Handbook, you kind of you could get up that 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 powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are always limits on. Just real quick before we move on to to the rest of the story, my understanding, and I, I, I I'm gonna like crack open my uh, my copy. You know, I got the essential. Marvel Universe trade paperbacks of the Marvel handbooks uh, like a, a number of years ago. Look up Sunspot's entry and see. 
I always understood Sunspot's main weakness was that he wasn't invulnerable. Like he was super strong and he was like a living solar battery. So he's kind of like Superman, but didn't have the invulnerability mm. unless I'm mistaken. No, you, you're probably right. Cause, but like, if I remember correctly from that, so not that particular, well, that, that his injury in that book, I think he could, his upper limits was close to Hulk. Mm. But obviously, you know, has never been shown to get there. Right. Whatever, so. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. I was going to say, anything else else major happen in this issue? Uh, not really. Like I said, we just saw some pretty good Avengers action. We, you know, the the uh, Grandmaster Prime, as is to, AKA the Challenger, gets dealt with. And we're working our way towards the conclusion of this this whole thing, putting mm-hmm. a ball on it. And we'll see what whatever that ends up being next issue. Okay. Do we want to jump to Nets? We want to stick in the Marvel wheelhouse until Doug, if he's able to join us sure um let's do tales of suspense 104 all right i'll just uh, i admit it's a good choice yeah so again this this book has been pretty fun the whole way out but it is now over with um although it looks like it sets up well it doesn't even look like it does set up because you see after the last page where it's it, literally a note that's right. almost to be continued almost to be continued yeah so we have um as as my notes put it, it all comes down to this: some fun action, some exposition, lots of cursing, some fun times. Tango Cash is over, but opens up another story because yeah, it all gets wrapped up pretty neatly. And again, in a in a slightly buddy cop manner, which like I'm kind of I'm kind of here for. Right, and you know, without spoiling it too hard, uh, I would say that we're almost trading a buddy cop movie for like uh, a thriller spy romance. Uh, movie after this, you know that seems to be what's being hinted at. Kind of uh, thing coming coming together, maybe exactly. And uh, um, I personally like the Ursa Major um, cameo appearances in this issue. Um, lots of fun. Nice. You know they use him to uh, to good. You know uh, Rosenberg, Matt Rosenberg, used him to good effect in the issues that he appeared in. Yeah. So is this the last issue? What this for? Yeah, we hear you. Hey, hey, I'm here. Hey. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so we just we're just wrapping um Tales of Suspense number one oh four. We've only done one other book before this, Avengers uh six eighty nine, I believe it is. So you're not it's far behind. Twenty eight minutes after you've only done two books. <laughs> so anyway, you were saying, uh Tim? Oh, I'm just asking, was this the last issue? Yes. Got it. All right. We want to jump to Batman fifty four, is it? 45. 45. 45. You actually like this issue, Dirt? Yeah, for once, he actually <laughs> did like a full issue of a comic. It was great. Mm. <laughs> Wonders but, never cease. Yeah, seriously. I, can, I, I, think I, I think I understand why you like this issue, because like you said, it's a full comic. At the same time, I, I, you know, my own notes uh, remind me how I kind of came out of this. Um, you know, just very I, quickly. Yeah, no, no, I was just going to just very quickly. I'm pretty sure that every comic I read featuring Booster Gold leads me to wanting to punch Booster Gold in the face. So... <laughs> like, I understand your frustrations with Booster Gold. I'm not, uh, you know, disputing um, th- that you can have some uh, apprehension for uh, liking the character after, you know, this issue. But uh, no, what, what I, I was impressed that we got, you know, more than like a 30 second read mm-hmm. uh, in this issue. Like, there's an actual story. Uh, in this issue, um, it does not use, um, you know, five pages of panels to tell, uh, you know, three lines of narrative 
um, you know, overlay. So, uh, no, but I, I like, uh, you know, first I, you're reading this book and you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Like what the heck is going on? Um, and then you start to realize like what's going on. Like, this is not reality. Something's wrong somehow. Um, and then it's like, well, are we still stuck in this poison ivy thing? I thought that was taken care of. Like, what is going on? And then you realize, okay, booster gold and time travel and, you know, all of those things. So, yeah, that's going to give some people some headaches. They hate all of that, mm -hmm. you know, Terminator 4 type stuff uh, that comes into play. You did not just refer to Terminator 4. The one Terminator movie I have not brought myself to watch. <laughs> I don't even know which one 4 is at this point. I mean, <laughs> Have there been five? I think there have been five. Yeah, there have been five or Stopped six, after six maybe. I think there's about five. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Hey, I don't know when it cares. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, was Genesis five or six? I don't remember. But anyway, I don't know. Genesis was five. Uh, five. <laughs> the fact <laughs> that we have to have this conversation. Because I think Salvation was four. What was so three? Oh my God! There's Salvation. I forgot about that one. Oh. oh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> does this does this issue call back to that Justice League? Um, um, that Booster Gold episode of Justice League United. That I could not tell you. I don't remember. I have only seen like four episodes of that show. So wow, it's been a while since I've seen that. So yeah. I have to refresh my memory. Nah, it was the anyway. one where yeah, Bruce was running around and nobody nobody knew what he was. I mean, everybody else was saving the world and he was kind of running around. No, don't worry oh, about it. Oh no, this is. Oh yeah, no, this is. Yeah, this is <laughs> completely. Oh. Right. So you want to just break it down real quick? Dirk? Okay. So so basically, uh, Booster Gold has created a wedding gift for Bruce Wayne, and it's basically to let him see uh, uh, what life would be like if he wasn't Batman. Um, kind of like that nice uh, It's a Wonderful Life yes, that's type thing. Except, of course, the, the reality that's created when Bruce Wayne doesn't become Batman is terrible. Um, but yet, somehow, Bruce Wayne doesn't become Batman, but Dick Grayson still does. I'm not sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Regardless, um, so it, it, you can imagine this creates some sort of problems, especially when he comes to Bruce and explains this isn't reality. Uh, I messed everything up so you could see how well, uh, how much you need to be Batman. Um, and then, you know, things just go off the rails even further. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it is one of those stories that it, it takes a while to understand what's going on. Um, and it's not for everybody because there are a lot of people that hate time traveling. They end up like Austin Powers getting cross eyed just trying to figure it out. But right. uh, I applaud the fact that this wasn't. A 22-page story with 17 pages of just silent Catwoman crawling through air ducts or Batman in a sewer fighting, repeating the same line over and over. Or, uh, you know, what, what we've gotten a lot of in Tom King's uh, Batman run, where we talk about his, you know, expanded storytelling. This is much more classic comic book storytelling. And I'm going to take credit for it. I'm just going to say he must be listening to this show. Uh, he's heard my criticisms. Uh, and so now he's trying it out see you know how it feels and i'm telling you this is the way to go <laughs> right so what's what's what the, the callback in this issue is to um uh a story that we're, we're familiar with when 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 it comes to superman you know what do you get first for the man that has everything i was you know what yeah. that is right if you know what that is you can you know uh booster actually mentions that as his inspiration behind this uh wedding present that backfires spectacularly and thank you for giving me a title of the show because <laughs> that is needed <laughs> so 
Yeah, that's Batman 45. Did you have anything else to add, Tim? No, um, I did re- like reveals of who the different, where the different Batman family members are now in this altered timeline. Someone brought up, and this was a good point, because Booster recently appeared in a, I think, Superman or Action Comics storyline. And I didn't read it, but I, I heard he did, he wouldn't let Bruce, uh, Clark change his past, but yet he felt okay changing Bruce's. Hmm. Well, the difference was Clark wanted to change the past to fix things in the present, whereas Booster Gold is changing it just so he can unchange it. So people can see what the difference is. That so seems very irresponsible for a time uh, traveler. traveler. It is, but it's also Booster Gold. It is. A, mean, thank you. Thank you. I mean, this is the guy who became a superhero so that he can get a pizza company to pay for their logo to be on his uniform. So, you know, you got to take this stuff in stride. All right. I mean, it's, it's I'll, the I'll that counts, that. right? It's the thought that counts. I'll accept that uh, answer. There you go. All right. Let's see. Since um, you want to... Go on to since we already hit the Tom, Tom King Road. Hit What's next? Yeah, Mister Miracle, which I have not read yet. Oh, and Dirt and I had similar uh, similar notes <laughs> on. Oh, but the the battle of being a parent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. so okay, so basically, this issue revolves around the fact that Barda and Scott are switching back and forth between who's going to be the stay at home parent that day and who's going to fight in the war on Apocalypse. And so you have this, uh, you know, back and forth where it's like one day one of them is changing diapers and then the next day you see them like fighting someone to the death, gouging out their eyes and cutting off their heads, you know, uh, and it, and it you know, keeps flipping back and forth, back and forth. And uh, um, it's it really plays on this whole idea that their job is to just endlessly fight this war on Apocalypse. And it's just, it's business as usual. That's just what you do when you're from, from Apocalypse. You just fight on Apocalypse. I mean, that's just life as you know it. And so it's just, it's the, the rom-com daily grind. It's just that their daily grind happens to include genocide uh, and Holocaust, you know? And funky Flashman. Yeah, Funky Flashman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, and again, like, I, I love... Uh, I love the artwork. I love the, the play on um, the, the signal going fuzzy sometimes or having the VCR, uh, you know, blur thrown in there. I know a lot of people have criticized this book for the way that he'll take one panel and Mitch Gerards will just like copy and paste it nine times and just change one tiny little thing in each panel. Um, but I think that's part of the charm of it also um, is, is the way he's playing on that. And he plays on the fact that you're seeing these patterns repeat, uh, you know, over and over throughout the page and from, you know, page to page as it goes through. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I love it. I think it's great. Um, and again, this is, this is one of those great, like high, uh, watermark series for me. Um, th- the same way that vision was, this one just continues. Like every time I read it, I'm just in awe of how good it is. Just very quickly before we move on, do you guys have any thoughts on how this story is brought back to the beginning? The way, uh, you know, we, we were just talking about uh, Avengers 689 kind of brought uh, the story back to its beginning. You know, we remember how this, how Mr. Miracle, the, the series began. So I'm wondering uh, how we get from this happy place to a very dark place. Well, I suspect uh, if it goes the way of vision and and it, we probably won't see that until like 10. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying it's probably going to go out the exact excuse me, same way, but I would I, I figured that would be the time to kind of you know, start writing it in. 
Yeah, and one of the things I actually went through my mind as I got to the end of this one is thinking about some of the things that have happened in the previous issues, and and I'm wondering how much uh, has he played has he played some sort of games because a lot of times he'll have two things going on at the same time, and you just kind of assume they're related or they're happening around the same time. Right. I'm actually wondering if they're happening at two distinctly different time periods. So I was actually thinking as I got to the end of this issue, I kind of want to go back because some big stuff has happened in previous issues. Mm-hmm. They seem to just kind of uh, forget about or skirt away from as the story goes. So it makes me wonder if where it started in the first issue and where it is now is not just a simple progression forward. Uh, that there might actually be some looping or backtracking or you know things out of sequence. Yeah, linear. I was like nonlinear storytelling. Right. Before we jump on though, uh, quick note: I, I got my new uh, comic of the uh, month uh, box, and there's some neat stuff in here. There's Marvel Fallen Angels. I got a bunch of that series in here. An old Eclipso book. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, uh, Blackhawk. That's cool. Uh, but the the big thing in here in the my final two books, uh, they sent me an old Kirby Mr. Miracle. Oh. This is uh, number 15. Wow. And then they also sent me number 16. Wow. So okay. I was actually super excited to like open the mail. Uh, first appearance of Shiloh Norman in this one and then the follow-up uh, in the next issue. So I was actually super excited to see these show up in the mail. Like The day I was reading the new Mr. Miracle, I was like, hey, I got two more Mr. Miracles to read now. <laughs> Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I was gonna say before we go on that I'm kind of wondering if they're gonna just like start erasing or maybe possibly erase some things going on in this book because with the glitches and all, you really don't know what you know what fluid that's about. And I kind of kind of wonder if like are they just gonna set all this up just to kind of get rid of it all or something? I mean, there's nothing to, to suggest that, but it just kind of seems like something could happen. Right. Well, yeah, and again, um, we know that. By seeing what Tom King has done in similar books like Sheriff of Babylon and Vision, they don't always end on a happy note. Mm. Um, and so, uh, not to throw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak, but you almost wonder how much of what's going on is reality, right. and how much is you know to be a Jacob's ladder, uh, you know, type scenario going on, or you know, things of that nature. Like I said, I want to go back and read to see if there are any other clues about what's going on that put things in a different order or a different perspective. But again, that shows like how well crafted it is. Oh, all right. Let's see. Well, you covered all my DC books, so I didn't get to Action One Thousand this week. Sorry, I skimmed it when it first when I first got my review copy of it. But I mean, it's like isn't it like eighty pages? So I don't know if it's quite that long, but yeah, it is big. It's a it's a square bound eight dollar issue. So and I'm not a big Superman guy, so. And it's really what it is, is it's a collection of short stories, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of what you expect from one of these big, um, you know, number... Big uh, mashups. Anniversary, you know, whatever. Um, and so what it is, is it's a bunch of different writers and artists taking Superman and telling stories either from different time periods or taking classic uh, iconic stories and telling them from another perspective um, or doing some of those kind of crazy far out things that you can do with Superman, like having him at the end of time or, uh, you know, dealing with some of this other stuff that a normal regular comic character, you know, you don't expect to go through some of this stuff. So um, 
as far as like a tribute to the character, it's one of those things that you don't have to have ever read, you know, action comics before, or you don't have to be up on the current storylines. If you know who Superman is, you've seen a movie or a cartoon here or there, um, you know, you're going to be able to follow along with, with what's going on in the book. Um, but the big thing is at the very end where the first part of Brian Michael Bendis's new storyline uh, pops up. And of course, Bleeding Cool was like, this changes everything you ever knew about Superman and blah, blah, blah. And it, it, there is a retcon that he throws in, like the very last word balloon on the very last panel on the very last page throws in a possible retcon, but it also could be a possible lie from a new villain. So it's one of these things where is, is he revealing this great new secret of something you didn't know from, you know, this something that's been kept hidden from you? Or is he just lying to get into Superman's head? Um, and especially considering the aforementioned Booster Gold storyline we just talked about uh, would kind of make it seem like Bendis is either really reaching to try to do something cool or it's just a smokescreen. It's a red herring. Um, but, you know, overall, I, I was... It, I kind of hate paying eight bucks mm-hmm. for, you know, a comic. Um, but at the same time, it was one, there are a couple stories in there that I think are really well done, um, especially that they're all done as short stories. Right. Um, some of them are really kind of touching um, or, or really play on the character in a way that you don't expect. Um, and so I, I did appreciate that in, in some of those stories. So it was worth reading. But boy, paying eight bucks for a comic is really hard to do. Well, it's nice mm-hmm. to see some creators on this too. Like I saw Wheezy Simonson story. Just, uh, just kind of scrolling through this now. I saw Copiel, Olivia Copiel doing uh, some art. Neil Adams doing some art. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I get my, physical, I mean, I, I can always read our, our review copy, but I'm, I, you know, I'm always disappointed to hear that there isn't like a main one big, you know, like anniversary story, and then it have smaller stories. It seems like there's a bunch of small stories in this, right? But, but again, they're it's they're done in that way. Um, you know, if you think about the way that. Uh, DC approaches their characters when they put them into TV shows or movies or cartoons where each one is kind of its own standalone thing. So it's allowed to do things a little differently, tell the story a little differently. It's, you know, never a hundred percent the same. It's not like the Marvel cinematic universe where everything is locked down. And now the cartoons are even starting to tie in. The TV shows are tied in and everything has to follow this exact uh, storyline. It's done in that way where the, the, the uh, writers and artists that come in and work on this are able to do things a little more creatively. Like there's a follow-up to the action comics, number one cover. Um, so it tells you like what happened after he picked up the car and smashed it into the rock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a storyline that talks about um, Superman being coming back to earth right before the sun explodes um, and consumes the whole planet, you know, way, way off in the, the far future. Um, you know, so there's, there's just fun things that are done with the character that, don't really fit into continuity, but right. they kind of could. Um, but then at the same time, they kind of don't. So it's just allowed to use the character and play with it and have have fun with him and and you know tell the story that they want to tell, kind of regardless of what else is happening. Yeah, I was gonna say it's more like an annual than than anything else. You know, like kind right. of like one shot annual things. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I read a bunch of stuff this week. Let's see if anyone else read something similar. Tim, you want to talk about Amazing Spidey 799? I do. Cool. This, this is was great. Yeah, this is a potential click of the week for me. There's a lot of action in this. Um, what's funny about this is that I thought of um, the DC Universe when I was reading this because uh, they've really uh, you know, kind of created a spider family reminiscent of the Bat family, you know, where there's a lot of kind of extended 
um, family characters uh, in the Spidey universe that in this issue he calls upon for aid um, against the uh, uh, the Red Goblin or Carna Goblin. So yeah, it showed that he's not alone. Right, he's got friends to call in when he has to uh, not be involved. We'll say it that way. Right. But so we, I like that we got uh, the reveals of who uh, Stanley and Normie's nanny is. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a throwdown between the Red Goblin and Spider-Man's amazing friends. Yeah, and it was well done because it was, you know, they, they, they paired off logically. And then, you know, it just kind of devolved into a brawl because of uh, a neat twist in the uh, combination of uh, the Green Goblin and Carnage. Mm-hmm. And then we got something very spooky and not as pitted. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the Red Goblin at the very end. Absolutely. And I also need to note that um, uh, Amazing has definitely tied into what has been happening in uh, Spectacular, Peter Parker Spectacular, because uh, the last few issues have tied into one of the big reveals, one of the big uh, twists in in the Spectacular series, and uh, that's dealt with early on in this issue. And, uh, you know, it it proves to be a turning point in... um, the, uh, the the final confrontation between these two ca- between uh, uh, Osborne and uh, Peter Parker. Yes. So eight hundred next month. The big is actually the big I guess finale of Go Down Swinging, but Slot's final issue is actually eight hundred one. Right. Doing so the after- give him the most Spider Man uh, comic titles written or whatever, whatever odd streak he's trying to go for. Right. All right. Um. Let's see. What did Roddy read? Because I read a lot. Roddy read a lot. Uh, Black Panther 172. Yep. I was just about to mention. Right. So um, the last issue revealed that the big bad in this is actually a character, a villain that I know has uh, appeared since uh, this long ago story, Fall of the Mutants uh, story arc in uh, uh, Uncanny X-Men. But I believe that's his most memorable appearance. And I remember those are some of like the best you know, most overly melodramatic uh, Chris Claremont issues that you will ever read. And I, I absolutely recommend people go back and read those, um, you know, like literally comparing the X-Men to, uh, you know, the Spartans at Thermopylae. So that's some great stuff right there. But uh, yeah, no, the adversary here is, um, uh, you know, the, the big bad. And, uh, you know, as, uh, as Roddy's about to mention, um, there is a guest appearance in this issue um by a uh, by 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 a certain mutant that appeared in that uh, in that X Men issue uh, to help face off against the adversary. Yes, indeed. So I mean, and it's not a big secret because Storm's been a part of this book for a, a few issues here and there um, during during the run. And this one actually, not only is she in here, and I guess it bubbed the world because hey, if anyone knows the adversary, boom, it, it would be her. You, she finds herself in a couple of fairly different uh, spots familiar spots because one she's facing off against the adversary sorry and two they play on that whole claustrophobic thing again right um which during the course of we find out that or at least we get the hint of that she may be more than more than mutant more than goddess you know if um t'challa's speech to her while while she's buried alive is an indication kind of hints toward there's a little bit more to her than we know of and we already know she's about to have another change to her status quo i guess in another book but that's a, that's you know that's uh that's there but we also which 
is appeals to me. We also uh, get a little bit of feels after everything is said and done because after the adversary is dealt with, T'Challa and Storm have a little a little heart to heart and yeah. from getting again. And it's like, okay, see, they're they, they're messing with me again. But but pulling up, <laughs> you know, I think um, Tanisha Costa said they're never they're not going to marry again. But that doesn't mean they're not going to be they're not linked or whatever or back right. together. Right. Not, they are they were going to be linked on something like that, and the last couple of pages kind of pretty much outright say that. So. Yeah. Just real, oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm finished. Okay. I was just going to add, you know, I'm, you know, I, I made sure to write this down. I miss Claremont when he was at his most grandiose because I remember reading these issues. I was in junior high school. It was so much fun. I was like, this is crazy. What are they doing to these characters? They defeat, you know, in this issue, they defeat the adversary in much the same way, but it doesn't seem as dramatic. Because, you know, like, listen, we all, you know, three of the four of us were alive and probably reading comics when that happened. We may not have been reading Uncanny, but, um, you know, we maybe had a friend that did. And uh, listen, this, you know, this, this is some great storytelling, but it seemed more difficult to defeat the adversary. Granted, it was, an, it was done in a very similar fashion using uh, lots of uh, spiritual energy. We'll put it that way without spoiling too much. Uh, yeah, but in, in the same time, because it also showed that, well, T'Challa pretty much he pretty much knew without being exactly sure of what was going on or who was behind it. Mm-hmm. And therefore they were already prepared, halfway prepared for things as opposed to, you know, that, that old sort of mind when they're just meeting an adversary and all this kind of get mess. Gotcha. All right. So, um, would anyone object to going into rapid fire? Nah, let's do it. Here we go. All right, we are in rapid fire mode for reviews. Uh, we'll just shoot through the last few that I have. Incredible Hulk number seven fifteen. Uh, the sequel to World War Hulk is uh, pretty f- fun. Uh, Amadeus is struggling to control the Hulk alter ego, and this leads to some great scenes as uh, the other heroes try to uh, stop the Hulk from going too far. Uh, Infinity Countdown number two. This series is a lot of fun, even though this really could be basically a Guardians of the Galaxy issue. Um, and last for me is Miss Marvel number 29. Roddy, I don't know if you have this on your list. Uh, no, because I'm just finished reading 28. Okay. So, uh, you'll like that 29 kind of, uh, starts in a fresh direction by kind of going back in old directions because all the teenage angst and love triangles we had not seen in the book for some time are now back with a vengeance. It's an extremely well-told story by the entire creative team. And that's my, those are my rapid fire books. Well, I'll go if anybody else wants to. Um, John Wick number two. Hey, guess what, folks? John Wick's number two. He's back. He's killing folk. Um, he's still got a vendetta going on. He gets introduced to the Continental, but in a different place. And that's pretty much the crux, the crux of this issue. Um, Future Quest presents Hercules number nine. Um, Dorno, who is the youngest, the, the, the kid of, um, of Xandar and Tara, um, Makes some mistakes. He's growing up. He's being a brat, kind of. And then he meets this alien who tries to fulfill his, his wishes and ends up um, causing a whole bunch of problems for him and, and the other Herculoids, which ends with this, self, this alien turning him into an adult because, you know, Doro's been like all the time. It's like, um, hey, I'm an adult. I can handle myself. But he also got a couple of people killed almost. But And at the end of the book, now he has to save the other Herculoids because he has to prove that he is indeed a grown up. Um, Star Wars, Poe Dameron, number 26. So now we have a new, basically have a new beginning, whereas this comes after, actually this takes place um, 
after enduring, well, after Last Jedi enduring Force Awakens, because we get to see like um, Poe, Finn, and Ray on the uh, on the Falcon, you know, after the uh, the events of Last Jedi, and they're talking to each other, and they're starting to recount basically. They end up kind of recounting Poe's uh, mission, which the whole storyline beforehand was kind of before that, but now we get to the point where it's right before Force Awakens and what happens between he gets his mission and that one scene where he gets lost, he gets uh, thrown from the, the TIE fighter, and we get to see all of that going on, which looks like it's going to uh, conclude next issue. So we have now pretty much stepped into after... Um, it looks to be sometime after uh, for, um, the current timeline, but yeah, last year I read in that. So that was kind of cool, uh, especially the interaction between those three before Poe starts the story. And last but not least, uh, Skyward, number one <clears throat> from, I believe it's Image. So basically, um, at some point uh, here on Earth, gravity changes, so we're not held down, and it's, it basically turns into zero G. And this young lady named Willa gets born into this world. She loses her mo- mother early on and her father's, you know, uh, kind of being, well, we find out later in the book, he's trying, trying to be overly protective, but not really because she's like 20 at this point and been taking care of herself for a long time. And something's happened to him um, but that we don't know about. So, but she wants to go out and see the world, but her father's like, that's eh, too dangerous because, you know, the sky will kill you because that's how her mother got killed uh, during the day of, they call it G-Day, which is the day that gravity uh, reversed itself basically, um, but she wants to go out and see the world. Her dad's not letting, but her dad's also like, "Well, I have a way to reverse things again because it shouldn't be like this." And that's where we leave off the book. It seems kind of interesting. I might stick with a couple issues to see what happens with it, and you know, see if it go- actually goes in any place. But it's cool, and that is it for me. I do want to read that. Hopefully, I can find some time this weekend. I know the art looked good. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty decent read. Like you, you know, you can blow through it real quick. So. I only had one left, and it was Justice League number 43, bringing Christopher Priest and Pete Woods run on the title to an end. He kind of wraps everything up nicely while uh, setting up things for No Justice and various Justice League spinoff titles, like the Batman's reason for putting Cyborg as, as the leader was to groom him, which will then see him take the leadership position with Justice League Odyssey. Um, I'm wondering, is the new JLA's uh, headquarters going to be the Hall of Justice? Just because, like, the table set up inside the during the renovation looks similar to like the Justice League or Hall of Justice style table where everyone sits down to meet yeah, at. They they showed it in one of the books. Uh, I'm trying that to was, remember. Wasn't that metal? The end of metal showed it. Yeah. The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where the Batman's having the party for all the people that were involved in that last fight or whatever, and uh, he takes—I uh, think it's uh, Superman and Wonder Woman—into his uh, office, and there's like blueprints laid out. And it shows the old Super Friends Hall of Justice. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the Hall of Justice, <laughs> and, the Hall of Justice. Oh. <laughs> you have that as a sound effect, guys. I'm about to say he's ready. <laughs> And that was it for my books. All right. Um, I only have two. Uh, first, Batman Creature of the Night. This is an alternate reality uh, story. It's set in the world. Uh, there's no Bruce Wayne. It's Bruce Wainwright. Um, he reads Batman comics. 
Um, so he's familiar with the character and everything. He's got an uncle who he calls Alfred, um, even though that's not really his name. Uh, it's one of those books that it, it took until this issue for it to finally click for me. Um, it, it's I, I thought it was going to be this thing where he's in the real world and he gets pushed and so he becomes Batman, you know, kind of like uh, what they do with Earth One stories or some of that stuff. Uh, but this actually takes a very different turn. Um, it didn't make sense to me last issue because, uh, well, just the way the Batman was acting is that it didn't make sense for everything else that was happening in the story. But they explain it in this one and it is something completely different. Uh, it, it goes off on this crazy track uh, just out of left field and it's it's great. Um, like now it makes sense. Now it's a lot of fun. They've explained it and I'm not sitting there going, why the hell is this happening? None of this makes sense. So um, I'm actually enjoying this. And it's John Paul Leon artwork, uh, which I always love. So um, the other book I read this week was Superman 45. This is the end of uh, the current run of Superman um, so that they can lead into Bendis' Man of Steel this summer. Um, it's uh, Patrick Gleason and uh, was it Pete Mossy? I think that's how you pronounce his name. Almost I. Whatever I say, Tomasi. I say Tomaso. Uh, but anyway, uh, but it ends their run uh, on the book and all the stuff that they've done with uh, Jonathan, um, all the stuff they've done in Hamilton County. Um, all of that's being wrapped up, and it's actually written kind of like a TV series finale. Um, it it shows you some of the characters who've appeared over the run and kind of where they're at and where they're being left. Um, they're moving back to Metropolis, so they're you know, boxing everything up in the house and getting it all out of there. And they're taking this one last night to walk around the town. It's the, uh, the county fair and, you know, they're walking around and talking to all their neighbors and everything like that. So it's just one of those where it's really, it's all put together like, like that TV series finale. Like they're saying goodbye to a lot of stuff, you know, it's open ended. So, you know, they're going to move on and, and do other things, but this is the end of this run. And it really reminds you how good this has been, um, how likable Jonathan uh, has become um, how well they they showed Jonathan going from you know the little kid to Superboy and learning to really control his powers and and you know going off on that journey and everything. So I I, I did not shed a tear, damn it! But <laughs> boy, this was good. Uh, this was a good book. Nice. And that's all I had. That's funny. All right, so I guess we're getting up to uh, clicks of the week. Mine is Amazing Spider-Man 799. I second that. Uh, mine is Black Panther 172. I, I almost want to do Superman 45, but I got to go with Mr. Miracle because it still is just so well-crafted. Gotcha. Good one. Gotcha. All righty. So I, uh, I understand we're uh, having a couple of co-hosts sign off. <laughs> yeah, actually, I woke up at 2 o'clock this morning, and I've been up since. Yikes. Uh, it was just one of those th- one of those nights where it's just like I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and my body was like, "All right, you're up. You got four hours sleep. Go." Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'm probably gonna go crash out in about oh now night. I'm about to go do the same. <laughs> All right. So Roddy Cat and I will tag team the rest of the news. Yep, yep. Thank you, fellas. All right, take it easy, fellas. Take it easy. Oh, yeah. by the way, real quick. Oh, we lost Tim, but uh, Tim and I. Tim, we did speak with Tim earlier. About uh, and 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 he'll understand. Uh, Infinity War is next week. Yes, opening night. So, so debating about what we're going to do with the show, but we will definitely let you know. We might have a Friday show. We're we're still gonna we're gonna try to work that out some kind of way because people are gonna be in places, and I think you're, mostly everybody's gonna be seeing it Thursday night, except for seeing Unscored Dirt. Yeah, we we kind of yeah yeah yeah. I've ceased I've ceased to uh, you know hope. That uh, dirt would run out and catch it opening weekend. 
Yeah, the only time any, anymore I go to see a movie opening weekend is when someone says, I'm buying you the ticket and you're going with me because I don't want to go alone. And so then I end up going. But uh, otherwise, great. I don't. But yeah, uh, the other thing, now that Tim is gone, uh, just let everybody know that tomorrow is his birthday. Yes, um, yes indeed. And, uh, he's turning 23. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. If you, are night, if you are catching this on the night we record, which the or the night this happens to come out, which is the well, it comes out on the 20th when classic, you know, you know always on the yeah, stuff. Come on. on the 19th and, and it's on the 20th it is 10th birthday. So if you see him, say happy birthday. And, and do not let the fact that he's a 420 baby uh, slide. <laughs> like, he's a baby. Like, like, bring it up. Like, you got to hammer it home. Like, let, you know, <laughs> we got to run with that one. So <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to go pass out, guys. Thanks for having me. Take it easy. Have a good one. All right, that's funny, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it through an ad now that I didn't even I did not even realize the date, uh, you know that that uh, Tim's birthday happened to fall upon. So mm-hmm. that's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hysterical. I'll pull up an ad read now. Where oh where did my ad reads go? Oh where oh where can they be? Uh boy, did I close the window? No, I did not. No, I did not. While you're doing that, I can bring up this real quick so we can get it out of the way. Oh. So, so I haven't been on the show in a couple of weeks, and uh, I went to my comic shop yesterday because it's a new comic play, and I had three weeks worth of book. If you've seen my Twitter or my Instagram, you know this already. In fact, you've already seen this, what I have in my hand, which is a three-pack of uh, Marvel Legends figures. We got Vision, we got Sam Wilson, Captain America, and we also have Kate Bishop, Hawkeye. So, and uh, it's almost like my comic book shy, uh, shop guy knew I was coming in because it kind of had it in a very prominent place so I could see it. Mm. Well, actually, well, yeah, because it got the figures right next to the thing, but it was like that just so happened to be on the corner. This happens to be on the corner. I was like, all right. And of course, yeah, this was a Charles Ross exclusive as it says in the box. So he went and got a bunch of stuff from there. Right. And they're um, uh, having their going out of business sale. Mm-hmm. And he's also because yeah, because I'm shops just getting back into to uh, which Heroes and Dragons, Columbia, South Carolina. This is I'm not getting paid for that plug. I'm just saying it's some shop. But um, he's also got a diamond account. I'm mean, not a diamond account. Uh, um, Entertainment Earth account and trying to get some other stuff going on. So he's trying to. They already had a big selection of toys. Again, this is not enjoyment. This is just, just happening in my shop. But so yeah, like I said, my tweet was like, it pays to have a comic shop. Who knows how to hook you? Yeah. <laughs> all right so uh let me just take care of our first ad read of the night and uh let our listeners and viewers know that you can keep our podcast free by shopping at amazon visit cspn.us then click the keep our podcast free link at the top of the page from there scroll down and click on the amazon link to shop purchase items from amazon as you normally would whether it's books music electronics jewelry apparel toys and whatnot for every purchase made on amazon through our link Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now, the news. The Always, we start with the cinematic news as I pull up the, the, oop, the screen share. Age of 70, if you will. I am pulling up my sheet now. Okay. All right. All right. There we go. So, Gotham debuts. I just scrolled right past it. 
is Bruce Wayne's first Batmobile. So Gotham has meticulously followed Bruce Wayne's uh, eventual transformation into Batman over the course of his four seasons. But now we've finally gotten to the point where they have revealed his first version of a Batmobile, courtesy of Bruce's ever-vigilant guardian, Alfred. Of course. Alfred being the MVP of the show, one of them anyway. Right. So, so what is it? It's a Ford Mustang? The Ford Mustang. So it's a little reserved as opposed to the other versions of the Batmobile. But hey, you know. Apparently, according to this, um, it yeah, you know, it's a V8, five liter. You know, if you're a car guy, it's 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 got some horsepower and yeah, and gadgets. I assume at some point. I assume I need to catch up on Gotham, but yeah, I don't know because I did not see this when it when this happened. But hey, it's a thing now, so they're pushing ever forward. Uh, Aquaman reshoots have added Randall Park as Doctor Shin. So I if I assume this is someone that is important to the Aquaman lore, I do not know. So th- is this how he gets from being uh, fresh off the boat to Aquaman? Oh, no! Oh, what a bad pun. That was, but actually oh, it was pretty good at the same time. Oh, that was bad. Hold on. So as according to this article, Dr. Chen, the man who helped the young su- superhero being Aquaman deal with his powers, who later became obsessed with finding Aquaman's lost home of Atlantis. So, yes, someone of some note in the comments. Oh. So we found out what yesterday, I think that Stephen. Uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. Oh, yo, it's two days ago already now. For this? No, no, I'm talking about the next story. Oh, uh, actually, yeah, it was. It was like yesterday. Yeah. So Spielberg is. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 17. Yeah. Oh, it's two days ago. So Spielberg is reveal has has revealed that he is now on board with uh, DC's version of Blackhawk. Um, so live action. Yes, we saw a little bit of in the Wonder Woman. Uh, movie uh, that thing, um, Saeed was his face, I can't remember his name, but um, the one guy in there, he, he was a potential, he was a proto black cork. Mm. Um, this article does not have the picture that I was going to show of that, but it does. So, yeah, Spielberg's, Spielberg's um, going to be on a black hawk movie, apparently, according to um, somebody, I can't remember, it was like what a uh, comic creator, I want to say it was Wolfman or somebody, like he's been kind of on, you know, he's been talking about this for a long time about Spielberg being, you know, wanting to do something with uh, Black Hawk, Black Hawks. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's something, I guess it's legit. We don't know. You know, It's a thing now. Sure. Um, speaking of Wonder Woman, actually, uh, Linda Cutter has spoken with Patty Jenkins about Wonder Woman 2 role. So we'll have two Wonder Woman, which is awesome. That works. Yes. Linda Carter being a lot of folks of our particular vintages, uh, first precious yeah. <laughs> or Wonder Woman. Yeah, that you know, you know, that's you know, that's that's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, people's visions of Wonder Woman when they think of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Who, who's been in uh, as of late? Well, she's, she wasn't super. I don't know if she's still on there or not. But she, yeah. Okay. So the 2007 DC Comics Wildstorm limited series, The Highwaymen, is in development as a live action film under Warner Brothers' New Line Cinema brand. Yeah. Do you know anything of this? No. Yeah. Yeah, same here. So, it is another comic book movie. La-da-da. Um, Titans, there's no need to panic about Ryan Potter's Beast Boy. So, after last week's, um, I don't know what to call it, you know, people being stupid on the internet section uh, when they showed, um, you know, Ryan Potter and Anna Diapas. I know you guys have covered this, that part last week about the, the, the rabble about the uh, the pictures they showed from the set, which that of people not having... You know, people being slightly dressed as the the characters they're playing, but not with CG and all that. Because people going stupid 
Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, I, um, I guess Ryan, Ryan Potter came out and said, hey, 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 you know, chill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the latest Incredibles 2 trailer reveals the Parr family's creepy new foe. I have to admit, I have not watched this trailer. It's a good trailer. No, it's, it's Incredibles. What do you expect? I, I, I think I'm trying to stay away from trailers right now to avoid being any further spoiled for Infinity War. So, mm, okay, that's fair. But yeah, there's you know those there are a lot of people that are, you know looking forward to the to Incredibles too. I kind of one of them because hey, Incredibles was a great movie. Sure, and that the trailer you know trailer's pretty good. Uh, let's see, Elizabeth Olsen would love a Scarlet Witch House of M movie. Now I know last week we had uh, um, an article saying that she did not want a solo movie. Yeah, a solo movie, but apparently she's either changed her mind or whether the case may be, and she's interested in doing one if it involves House of M. That titular storyline, which I don't think I've still read all of yet, and I don't think about it. I mean, that, that, that one's going to have some interesting, uh, that would have at least some interesting uh, 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 ways of, uh, you know, adapt, adapting that kind of, you know, it's a pretty crazy storyline to begin with involves. And you know they're going to do some sort of uh, how, um, Game of Thrones type thing at this point with that, if they ever did that. Mm, I guess. I mean, there's going to be some shades of it because House of M did kind of have that before Game of Thrones was a thing. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, speaking of uh, Infinity War spoilers, I'm going to ring the bell. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can't find the spoiler bell. Spoiler bell. And the reason why I'm not objecting to this is because I actually did see this come across my social media feed. Avengers 4 has reportedly cast an older Cassie Lang. So the Cassie Lang, the daughter of Scott Ant-Man Lang, may appear in the uh, as-yet-untitled Avengers 4. This does not yet, uh, does not quite spoil Infinity War. That's partly why I wasn't so mad about it. But, uh, you know, we're a week away, people. I, you know, I'm, I'm staying off of, you know, uh, lots of my feeds and, and social media just to not see, you know, trailers and stuff. Sometimes it's hard to watch even regular television. Yeah. And honestly, if you if you watched the first Ant Man movie, you know there was Cassie was already in there. Right. It's just a matter of how much time has passed. Well, well, actually, what this this might be suggesting is because the the Cassie in Ant Man was was way younger, and apparently that actress is going to be in the next Ant Man and Wasp movie, I think. Because I think you, yeah, she may have even been in the show, uh, the 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 latest trailers or the last trailers for that one. So this could be a time displaced Cassie. Right. You know. So. We, like we, I said, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's for uh, Avengers 4. Yep. So, and they're, they're also talking about they might be setting up new Avengers with that, you know, if that being the case, which, sure. <laughs> Stan Lee has filmed cameos for three upcoming Marvel movies. So, you know, all the other stuff that's been going on with him, he's still out there doing movies, which, I mean, this is not, this is news, but it's not that much news because I think most of the movies lately he's been doing them ahead of time. He's been putting his cameos. Yeah, they're doing them. Yeah, they're doing them in bunches. Mm-hmm. So because you never know how much more time we got with the, with the right. dude. And that's one benefit. You know, I hate to say this. It's one benefit of them planning so far ahead. Mm-hmm. So you know, they get his they get his uh, cameos in the can and uh, you know put them in storage. Mm-hmm. So. Alrighty, um, Agent Carter lead Haley Atwell uh, blames ABC and not Marvel for the for the TV show's cancellation. So screw you, ABC. I mean, I I would totally believe it, and I think there were a lot of people with her before even this you know came out. So I believe it. 
because they put wrote, anyway. We're not gonna go there. Uh, Cloak and Dagger series cast photos profiles revealed. So yeah, more on this Cloak and Dagger series than I'm. I don't know how to feel about that is coming at some point. All right. So uh, FX's Legion reframes Professor X as a villain. Dun, dun, dun. The hero of its own story of their own. So have you watched Legion at all? Nope. Yeah, neither have I. Great. <laughs> Sorry. Eh, no, don't be. Too much to watch. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, uh, excuse me, Star Trek Discovery's version of the Enterprise had to be modified for legal reasons. So apparently they showed the Enterprise on the, I think it was the season finale of uh, of uh, Star Trek Enterprise, which I need to watch because I haven't. Um, and they had to alter it a little bit because of things. But I know there's a lot of hubbub around, I guess, I guess, I don't know. Star Trek, Star Trek rights are weird from what I've been hearing. So I mean, what what I was going to say is they modified it so that they could put out another toy or model, you know, there's, you know what, that's probably the underlying reason, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It seemed like the Star Trek toys are not as big a thing. Like I can see if you, if they had said that, I like Avengers and whatnot, but I don't know, but you're probably right. Regardless, (laughs) that's that's more legit. That's as an illegit reason than, than anything. You know, it's the Enterprise version A one two B one whatever NCC seventeen or sixteen ninety five. Right, and to be fair, this is like like okay, we already know there's like bunches of like there's the Enterprise from the show Enterprise, and then there's the the you know the ones that came after it that we that came before it, and mm-hmm. uh, this is supposed to be ten years before Enterprise. So you know, of course, there's like a slightly different version of the the thing that we come to know of. And it's a Star Trek show. Why would you not have an Enterprise in it at some point? Of course. Well, even if it's DS9. <laughs> uh, anyway. is this, this is mine, right? Yes. John Ridley to write and direct the Blumhouse superhero movie, The American Way. So John Ridley, the writer of 12 Years, 12 Years a Slave, will write and direct the Blumhouse super, superhero movie, The American Way, inspired by the comic book series of the same name. Haven't read it. Neither have I. I mean, from, judging by what this article says, it seems interesting a premise. So, but um, yeah, it's like America 1972, and I guess there's some things going on. Um, but yeah, good for, good for him. Uh, straight out of Compton, director rise into Hasbro's mask movie, according to this report. So yes, F. Gary Gray, that of Plenty of Movies, also Fast and Furious, did one of the Fast and Furious movies, also did. Straight out of Compton, obviously, and I'm trying to think of his older movies, which is, uh, and I'm drawing a blank at this point. Nevertheless, um, if the, there's been a mass movie that's been they've been trying to get off the ground for years, um, and yes, and Mask is supposed to be a part of this interconnected Hasbro cinematic universe as well. Um, and I would imagine probably the 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 one that they did in the comics as recently as last year at some point. There's not been a release date, no surprise, because this movie still. In development, deep in development, <laughs> some would argue vaporware, but uh, but it is. I, I I would be curious to see what a mass movie would look like, but at this point, I don't know. Like I know there is a, a strong cult following for for mask, and there are people who've been trying to, like I said, like I said earlier, trying to get this off the ground earlier. I mean, for a while now. So if it happens, it happens. Who knows? All right. Um, Jonathan Hickman and Robert Kirkman are teaming up for two Amazon TV series. Uh, Transhuman and East of West have been optioned 
uh, by Amazon as live-action television series, according to Deadline. These are based on the comic titles written by Jonathan Hickman and drawn, and drawn by J.M. Ringay and Nick Dragata, respectively. The adaptations will be produced by Kirkman Skybound Entertainment as part of the company's recent exclusive first-look deal with Amazon. Get that money. Um, East of West, people keep telling me I should read, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, I still off it. I remember when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I think we we talked about it on the show a bunch of us you know tried to start reading it we just couldn't keep up yeah so uh, Marvel's Black Panther World of Wakanda oh we are now going to comic book news if 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 this wasn't apparent about what I was about to say and that was Marvel's Black Panther World of Wakanda wins Glad Media Award so uh, World of Wakanda the book that didn't didn't get a chance to breathe or last has earned a Glad Media Award, which recognizes outstanding portrayals of the gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender communities. The spinoff tells the love story of uh, Ao and Anika, two words of Dora Milaje, the all-female chorus. You know who they are. Um, it was written by Roxanne Gay and Tony Coates and Yona Harvey with Afua Richardson and Althea E. Martinez as the artists. Like I said, it died, on, it died way too early. It could, um, and it was a sad thing because that book was actually pretty good. I was, you know, and I'm all, and I've always argued that it was released. You know, that was a book they should have kept um, in reserve until Black Panther dropped. But uh, right, because yeah, that was like the one of two other books outside of Black Panther Prime that was um, that was introduced then and also died. Ah, right, and they, I think those would have been because if you, if if. If no one's uh, noticed, they didn't have very much to put on the shelves when Black Panther actually dropped. So mm-hmm. they had the Black Panther title, which is great, but yes. you know they didn't have any other you know like kind of uh, secondary or tertiary books to to, uh, to promote, and it's just bad timing. Yeah. Well, speaking of bad timing, this no, you know this was unfortunate. But we don't we won't go into that. Yeah, I was about to say there's there's multiple factors in this. You know yeah. you know what you would cite and what I would cite are probably all contributing. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking of bad news, uh, Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez's Spider-Gwen is ending in July. And they announced this. They confirmed it on uh, social media. Um, the last issue of their run is solicited in uh, the July solicitations for Marvel that were released this week. With uh, The run is ending with issue number 34. Which, as Latour pointed out, like it is very rare that a book is able to end on its own terms. Mm-hmm. Something like this. And much less a book like this getting as long of runs as it has, especially in recent history. 41 so, issues. Yeah, no. So, you know, it is it is bad news, but at the same time, it's like, you know, as far as we know, they, they weren't getting canceled or, or prematurely killed, as we were just saying, right. and it's allowed to come out on its own. So that's pretty damn good. Right. And the book's been solid pretty much the whole way through. It has been. It has been. So good on them. I'll miss it, but... You know, even though I haven't, I haven't slightly been behind, but you know, that's it. It's it's a, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, I believe that's me. This comic shows the bonding that happens right after the end of the Last Jedi. So basically, the, this is talking about that Poe Dameron book I was talking about earlier, and we kind of already talked about it. So we can push on. Okay. So, spoiler alert. <clears throat> uh, Marvel's Darth Vader's uh, comic series just introduced a new. Secret Jedi Order. So, yeah, this is for Darth Vader 14, which came out uh, last week, which I haven't yet read yet. However, it does um, it does kind of bring together some, some, some of the things that I was talking about in the book in the past, being that um, Jedi Master Jocasta New was kind of setting up a new, a new 
Jedi school order thing before her untimely death a couple of issues a few issues ago. So I'm glad I was actually slightly right about that stuff going on. I thought we were going to see some of the stuff get played out in like either the movies or Star Wars Rebels or something. But hey, it's That's unfortunate. I just dropped the series. <laughs> I mean, it's been solid. You know, I mean, Charles has been doing some some pretty yeah. stuff. I like number twelve. So I think we're up to fourteen now. Jeez. Right? Yes, fourteen just came out last week. So uh, and like that, you know, the book's been pretty solid. Is it's kind of more excellent than dialogue in a lot of cases, but it's still, you know, kind of fills in some things here and there. I, you know, I probably a little biased in my uh, telling of this, but it's been decent. Good. I'm glad yeah. you like it. So, and like I said, I need to, I need to, I need to read this book. Uh, met one Matt Wang before we go any further. Shout out to Matt Wang 97. Who's like, who says, uh, what did Wang miss? Well, we've already done the books. We're going through news and we're almost, we're, uh, we're in the stretch. Yeah. We're in the stretch, my dude, but glad you're here with us anyway. Because, you know, we always love seeing it around. Um, with that, we will go on to the next thing, which is also Star Wars related. And I guess I'll go ahead and take this one. Uh, Marvel Bros. Star Wars 50 to bridge a new hope and Empire Strikes Back. So much like, um, actually, it didn't really bridge. I was about to say, much like that poor Darwin bridged. Uh, well, that's just kind of bridging, kind of not bridging uh, Force Awakens and um, Last Jedi. But this is actually going to do a thing. And I deliberately did not actually read the the book of this article article because I kind of wanted to read the story. Yeah, yeah. One because I'm, I'm like I think I'm like an issue or two behind in that, and but also it's not not still not coming out for a little while. I know, and I'll be caught up by then. So and up to like what forty four, forty five. So like forty four, I believe was the last one. Yeah. So still got some time and doing that, but and also it's a new hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back. If you haven't seen those two movies by now. You know, I, mean, I don't know, you get, you know where we're going. So, right. the funny part of, yeah, the funny part about this article is when it said it's a bridge of new hope and Empire Strikes Back, I thought about Shadows of the Empire, which was a book and also ended up being a video game that I think was set in between those two movies, or was it Empire and Return of the Jedi, one of the two? So that's why I'm like, are they going to do Shadows of the Empire? Really? But, you know, so yeah. So I've got the next one. It's Marvel teases a classified X Men comic. So, Fresh Start Initiative, uh, um, rolling. There's going to be a July X title that's being released, and they're keeping it classified. So who knows what that's going to be? Yeah, I think that's some spe- speculation about it. Could be that hunt for something to do with that hunt for Wolverine. Mm-hmm. But, a lot of things at this point. Yeah, we don't know. All we know is that hey, X Men are back in a relatively big way. Gee, I wonder what caused that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, actually, I should have put another article in between this one, but that's okay, and we'll get to it. New Fantastic Four teaser hints at another group's Marvel Comics uh, return. Sounds like, in addition to the Fantastic Four coming back, we might also get uh, the return of the Future Foundation, which was the, the Jonathan Hickman book from a few years ago. As you can see from the picture, if you're watching the video, you see the full Fantastic Four plus two um, in their well, in shadows of their new um, costumes and presumably, which you can barely tell here, um, Valeria and Franklin are wearing the symbols of the Future Foundation. So leading to the speculation that, yeah, that's coming back probably. Which I know you were big on that book, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, it was FF, just in a different iteration. Right. So, cool beans. Next up. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Okay. 
Uh, X-Men Storm is Marvel's or one of Marvel's new Thor Goddess of Thunder. Yep. I don't know why I don't have that. Oh, that was Again, that was the one I was um, talking about just now. So, yes, it sounds like um, Storm's going to be Thor again. And maybe, and it, actually from reading this article, it sounds like Thorcore <laughs> in some kind of way is coming back, which I'm all right with because that was a very, that was an awesome miniseries that came out of um, Secret yeah. yeah, like I think we all were kind of unanimous on that one when every time it came out. So, yeah. um, but yeah, so it sounds like um, Storm has a hammer, and I think I also alluded to this earlier when we talked about Black Panther. Um, and I guess wait, wait, was that in Gold X Men Gold? I think just happened. Yeah, X Men Gold twenty six. Uh, she ends up in with a uh, with a hammer. So I don't know what's going on with all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm behind, huh? No X Men Gold. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us has been reading Gold. Um, I've been trying, but like as I've been saying, I, I, you weren't on the show the last couple of weeks, so I've been kind of uh, more impressed with X Men Red because Red seems to have you know like you know a, a nice solid you know X Men story in it. Right. Yeah. Gold seemed like at least from the beginning seemed like it was just like, hey, remember this? Remember that? Remember this? Just a bunch of callbacks to previous uh, storylines in X Men lore. So right. Installed the trip, which I guess is good for somebody, but. It works out. So, yeah, but yeah, it sounds like this is going to play out in the Thor books, and I guess obviously it's going to spill over into and from X-Men Gold, because a bunch of hammers are coming from somewhere. Thanks, Jason Aaron. And we don't know who's getting, but we know this is the one that we do know somebody got. So, which almost might make me pick up the Thor books, even though I keep threatening that for the last couple of years. Mm. So, anywho, next up... Uh, uh, Spider-Man PS4 could launch a Marvel Games universe. So, <laughs> what's that? No, I'm just like, oh, another universe. Uh, you know, well, I know what they've been saying about at least this game and some of the other uh, games out there. It's like none of these are like canon or in canon games. So they, it allows them to kind of go off and do other stuff with them. So I am definitely looking forward to the Spider-Man game, which um, should be in a couple of months, if I'm not mistaken. Well, maybe, maybe next month, I can't remember. It's soon-ish. I do know that for certain. And it promises to be pretty good because, of the, you know, it's Insomniac and they do pretty good games. And they've done superhero-ish type games before. But, yeah, story-wise, there sounds like um, this could possibly start a whole gaming, a Marvel game universe. Because you can't have a media property without having some sort of <laughs> universe attached to it, apparently. Okay. Exactly. You got to have something to tie into. Yeah. So I guess good on them. We will see when that comes out. All right. So uh, Hot Toys, uh, famous for um, making uh, and selling really expensive but really well done sixth one sixth scale action figures, is uh, putting out uh, Captain America one inspired by uh, Cap's Nomad movie look um, for Infinity War. Mm. And I think I saw somebody um, on Twitter was like, Cap has two shields? I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, look at them. They're small. You gotta have, you know, gotta have some... Yeah, they're kind of like gauntlets, right, in this, so... Yeah. You know, we'll see how it plays out. Let's not talk about Infinity War anymore. <laughs> I'm just like, no, just... Right, yeah. We're, yeah, we're gonna get... The, we're gonna find out very soon. Yeah, pretty much. Give this man a shield. But um, I'm like, yeah. I... There's something I want to say about Infinity War, but I, I'll hold it off until because I'll probably be wrong about it anyway. But I think I may have mentioned it before about that the, the shields and why they're like that. So we'll leave that alone. This one um, I saw and I thought immediately thought of Agent Seventy because 
Uh, Geek Pick of the Day from Geek.com. A watch fit for a captain. And if you're watching the video, you can see what said watch looks like, which I think... Big watch. I think it's a big watch. So... I mean, I've got a big... I'm wearing a big watch now, like a big watch face now, but that thing looks gigantic. Well, yeah, you can compare it to the person's hand that's holding them, but still... True. So, again, if you're you're not watching the video, there's, um, there's a watch... With the watch face that looks like Captain America's shield, it is a kind of big watch uh, in relation to the person, to the, the model's hands. And as you, as you can see, if you're watching the video, there's a figure of Thanos giving a pound to the to the person <laughs> whose uh, whose watch, whose the hand is on. Well, I guess it's a fist. So, and of course, in relation to the size of um, the Winter Soldier Funko Pop, as you can see here, it's kind of a big watch. It's a cool looking watch, but Kind of big, yeah. Definitely cool. Interested in this? Here's the question. That is the question. As a cat fan, which I think, don't you already have a watch similar to that? I don't. I yeah. do not. So that is. I mean, my, my like my watch. Like you can see here, my wrist is big, and this is a pretty big watch face. So I'm definitely uh, uh I'm definitely familiar with wearing a watch with a big watch face. A Roddy cat can see this on 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 the screen. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm kind of curious to see what the measurements are on this and uh, see how much it is. It's not very expensive. <laughs> Yeah, it's forty bucks as we go through the, and it says uh, fits wrist from seven inches to nine and a quarter, uh, weighs four ounces, two inches across the face, uh, yada yada yada. Interesting. But so there you go. It's like a kind of like a, a casual backup watch. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're at a, if if you're at a con or somewhere. Yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Actually, here's one with the Black Panther logo also. Oh, nice. So I might end up bookmarking that, but we're gonna move on. Um, speaking of actually Black Panther, wow! Uh, Funko releases Black Panther Pop Series Two figures. So, banking, uh, you know, I was about to cashing in on the popularity of some of the secondary characters we were introduced to in the movie. Yep, which you know, Pop usually goes for it when they, you know, when they do a line or two or thousand. So this is not that big of a surprise, but hey, you know, <laughs> Matt Wayne chimes in so much. Shouldn't shouldn't Age of Seven to get a Wait, what do you say? Should age of seven to get a Captain America chest clock a la Flavor Flav? <laughs> oh, no. Uh... Oh, he also says that Aurora got the hammer back in X-Men Gold 25. Right. Uh, like, I'm, I'm a more than a few issues behind, so. Yeah, me too. So, he says it was pretty neat. So, But yeah, I guess, and that also, either way, it just still stems from the what is going on in, in the Thor books. So. I I would check that out, but yeah, I don't know. Well, we have our copies. <laughs> but back to the subject at hand, we got another series of pops. Uh, if you're watching the video, we've got Killmonger, we have uh, Mbaku, and Claw. Rip Claw. Um, <laughs> now I was about to say, I wouldn't necessarily uh, uh, do that because, you know, they could uh, always bring them back as a comic faithful version. They could, but I don't know. The movies, the movie... Yeah, the movies still don't tend to go that yeah, I mean, granted, you. I mean, I suspect actually we will probably see him in Infinity War now that I think about it. But I mean, that could be you know, that could be due to the stones or anything. But which we, again, we won't go into all of that, so that doesn't make sense to me. He might be a flashback or something, so we'll find out next week. Very soon. So, uh, speaking of movies, confusingly, Stan Lee is now suing his uh former business manager for alleged elder abuse. Oy. Yeah, so if you've been keeping up with us and, and the other media and other places in the media has been talking about this, it's been kind of a back and forth, you know, with Stan Lee and elder abuse and 
uh, him being the center of it. So now, because I think, yeah, he, uh, right before this, he also put out a video, which y'all might have talked about, I think I can't remember saying that, you know, hey, nothing's going on, and he sued the pants off of anybody, you know, for uh, for accusing such things of happening. Mm-hmm. So, and now this happens. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's weird. We're watching out for you, Stan, the best we can. <laughs> well, we're watching, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the, you know, if it, oh, yeah. it comes down to it, right? Yeah, you know. Uh, hey, Kevin Smith, as as reported last week, said he would, you know, you got a place for him. Right. Uh, DC's Save the Date card for Batman Catwoman Wedding. So uh, the events begin in May 2nd's DC Nation Zero, which I totally forgot that was coming out, and will be followed by Batman Play Play Due to the Wedding, um, which is uh, Batman 48 and 49 coming up, and 50, and the newly announced Catwoman number one that's coming out on July 4th. Uh, DC is sending out a PDF of this card for retailers to print out and issue to their customers. So, and, never mind. A print version on nice cardstock, no less, was given out to attendees at C2E2. And yeah, guess what? Batman, Catwoman are getting married and they're going all out for it. <clears throat> like, you yeah. know what they could have done if they really wanted to? Send some of these to retailers as opposed to have them send, uh, printing them out themselves and spending their own money. But hey, that's just me. Alrighty. So, <laughs> spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Apparently, in Wonder Woman, the Amazons have experienced a massive change. Yeah, um, because you can't keep anything sacred. Um, apparently, the Amazons have been turned into parademons. Oh, mercy. So, I haven't been reading Wonder Woman. I thought, I thought you were say they, were, they were turned into Furies, and that would have made sense. I, you know what? When I first saw the headline, I thought so too. I was like, okay, sure, that would make sense. And, but no, apparently, no. Nah. Alrighty. It's a thing. So, um, speaking of Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman welcomes new artist and uh, writer in July because, as we said earlier, July Celeste is out. Uh, it will be Steve Orlando uh, joined with artist Lara Braga for a story called Transformation Island, which I think sounds like the Parademon thing we just spoke of. Uh, Orlando is listed as a guest writer in solicitation, so his tenure on the title is unknown. So I guess they're basically saying, it's like, hey, we're going to give you this. We'll see how you do. <laughs> don't fuck up. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah. Um, in uh, video game crossover comic news, Injustice's Batman recruits He-Man. My God. Recruits He-Man to fight Jerkface. I'm, I'm censoring myself here. Jerkface Superman. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is the, 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 the Injustice comic has been going long and strong. Um, and apparently at some point, um, uh, Batman went out to other, other dimensions to look for folks and he went to the, the universe of the masters of the universe. And thus we have this crossover here. It's actually kind of funny because I believe in this article, some, somebody just like, well, why didn't he just go to the, go back? Cause he's got a, a crossover with the turtles. You are also in the game, uh, injustice two that we're talking about that. Um, so why didn't he go to them for help? Which I'm like, you know what? That's actually kind of funny. So yeah, he's so you are finally probably possibly going to get that He-Man versus uh, Superman fight that you've always never thought you never wanted, wanted right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and again, this is not the first DC crossover. And this is not definitely not the DC um, first DC He-Man crossover mm-hmm. uh, that's been going on. So that, 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 was, that was going on from the inception of He-Man, basically. Yeah, they had crossovers with, with uh, the Justice League and Superman, so. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually slightly kind of curious about this 
because these these whole crossover things. I haven't read the, the Batman Ninja Turtles one yet, and Ghostbusters has been doing plenty, many, and plenty. I'm just waiting for a great Ghostbusters Batman one at some point because that's surely bound to happen. Because <laughs> again, there's been crossovers there, like left and right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we'll see when this one comes out. Whenever it comes out, oh July 18th. All right, uh, you're up about this one. Uh, DC is introducing a new color to the Lantern Core spectrum. Actually, upset is probably a little strong. So, fan favorite John Stewart is becoming an ultraviolet lantern. Probably already has at this point. I can't. Uh, in Justice League Three, yeah. So, uh, is he going to be a movies anywhere lantern soon? Because they just you know discontinued ultraviolet. Oh no! Um, I miss what you said. Say it again. I'm sorry. No, I was about to say, I'm glad you did that joke before I did because I was actually thinking that too. Oh, um, well, I mean, and, and yeah, movies into uh, movies into where it still is underlying um, the ultraviolet thing anyway. But regardless, so here's my problem with this. It, so they use the Black Lantern to become the ultraviolet lantern, and now they can say, well, now we don't see color because clearly ultraviolet, you know, humans can't see the ultraviolet spectrum. Wow. Oh. I know that one's. It's been a bunch of bad puns tonight, so we're just gonna keep that train rolling. So, yeah, apparently, so again, John Stewart, Ultraman Lantern, and I guess he used going up against the Justice League or whatever. So, so whatever it's gonna be. So I'm sitting here like, really? All right, sure, whatever. It's a thing. It's going on. Don't fuck up John Stewart. That's all I'm saying. All right. So moving on. Aquaman turns the tide against Wrath as Kingslayer begins. So this is a storyline in Aquaman where Aquaman turns the tide. No pun intended. Oh, ah, well, we've got a bunch of them already. So. Uh, <laughs> you got next. Yeah. Um, more Batman news. Batman 45, which is, I believe is the one we were just talking about earlier, uh, sells out and returns to a, sep- a second printing. So okay. guess what? Batman sales, apparently, according to our cohorts, whatever. I don't care. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> Superman co-creators, uh, joys, tragedies, and true life uncovered in the Joe Schuster story. So, oh, yeah. There's going to be a graphic novel coming out uh, uh, soon, actually, May 15th. Cool. Super Genius about the story of Joe Schuster, one of the uh, co-creators of uh, The One Soups there. So, it is written by Julian Village and drawn by Thomas Campy. So if you're a Superman fan, have at it. So Seems neat, sure. Uh-huh. And it is an anniversary. If we have not said it before, it is actually Superman's anniversary, 80th anniversary, I believe. There's also a sale going on in comicsology, and actually on Voodoo also, if you're a Superman fan, because there's a bunch of Superman movies on sale, and some of the animated stuff too, so I'm pretty sure it's not just Voodoo, but I'm, I know of Voodoo, because that's where I usually get some stuff from. So, go check it out, and go check out comicsology because they both have sales, and hey, happy birthday, soups, whatever. Um, is that you or me? I'll take it. Uh, Lucifer oh, Showrunner yeah. turns world upside down for creator-owned Skyward. I talked about that earlier. I'm not sure why I have this here. Because it's an interview with the, the writer of uh, this book. Seems cool. Like I said, if you get a chance to check that out, go for it. Alrighty. Uh, Valiant has named a new editorial director. They have promoted Robert Myers from managing editor, editor to editorial director. Mm. Good on him. And in other um, editorial ch- change-up newses, uh, former Marvel editor joins Aftershock, which I love the fact that they don't put the names in the title, but fine. Um, Christina Harrington, a uh, longtime 
I believe, long-time Marvel editor has joined Aftershock Comics as managing editor. She joins the, well, not long-time, okay, three years she was with Marvel Comics as an associate editor on the X-Men titles. So congrats to, her, to both of them. All right. And I'm gonna throw this, I don't have it in the news, but I'm going to throw this in here real quick. Okay. Uh, Lion Forge is, is hiring, so they have uh, job openings. So Lion Forge being uh, the house that, I'm not going to say that, that's not, that's not, that's not true. But, um, so yeah, there's account clerk, account manager stuff, a couple of things. There's a link in, I will put a link in the show notes. Uh, but they're hiring. If you got some skills that they need, hey, go for it. Where are they located? Um, I want to say they're out in Cali, but I'm not sure. Let me see if it says here real quick. I mean, they could be all around the country. That's the thing. They could be, but I mean, I know they're usually based in some point. Like, I, w- I was about to say Portland, because that's where everyone is. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it does. I mean, it says that Line Forge is based in St. Louis, but I know that a lot of these companies keep uh, uh, offices in multiple places. Right, like satellite offices. True. So yeah, I'm not sure where where its um where its home base is. But regardless, it's there. Go for it. And last but not least, there's an issue, there's a a story from uh, the Beat about uh, a visit to Big Apple Comic Con, which I did not make it to this year. Mm. Uh, where the writer of this uh, story, James Romberger, was on a quest to find the uh, name of the artist who drew the famous and widely distributed comics pamphlet, Martin Luther King Jr., The Montgomery Story. And they finally revealed, and there's no spoiler here because it's important to know, Cy Barry is the artist um, who was a guest of the Big Apple Comic Con, and he confirmed that it was he who drew the comic. So that's pretty cool because I, I guess what no one had known is that that was that was uncredited, right? And now that now it's it's um out. No, no. right? No. Uh, yeah. So there's one more, more, one more article, or not article, but there's one more story I was gonna bring up um in the corner, and that would be Captain Marvel flies into 50th anniversary variants. So Carol Danvers is going to be on a bunch of book on a, a few different books uh, in the coming. Months. There's one from Avengers, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, uh, Mortal Hulk, 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 and Thor. So, and that'll be in July. And I guess we got, you know, we can flop through those real quick. So, and that, as they say, is that. All right. So, um, I guess we're going to go into our last ad read of the night. So, our, our last ad read of the night is for Busted Tees. I can get this stupid thing to clear. Why can't I get this thing to get away from my? I can't get the link to ah. This episode of Click Nation's Convo Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool T-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular T-shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching T-shirts inspired by pop culture. They are cleverly themed T-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture, and much more are all on sale. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner, and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. And I got a weird message trying to go to the uh, Busted Tees site, so we're not going to do that right now. Oh, no. Yeah, that was weird. But, yeah, uh, weird. Uh, but as it is, we are now at the end of the show. This here comic book chronicles for this here week. The of, I'm not going to say they said don't say the years as they say in hip hop. Don't say the years. 
this, this show's already dated, so who cares? Uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank everyone from coming out. Agent 70. You can find them at Agent underscore 70 on Instagram and the Twitters. Man about town. Hold on. Oh, with all the windows open, what are you going to do? Yeah. I actually got through the bus to tease. Yeah, well, I also switched. Uh, my, my version of Chrome has been updated, so it could be something. Ah, okay. It's yeah. weird um, sometimes. Um, but yes, eight seventy underscore seventy Instagram, Twitter. You know where it is. You know where it is. Um, for our for our hosts who are not here, one Tim D O W G nine eight on Twitter. Also, the Click Nation on Twitter. Also, um, CB Cron on Twitter. Catch him on all the places and all the places that he writes for, such as CBR and Nerdist and all those kinds. Of go go and check out his writings in all of those places. Give that man some love. Um, also. PCN underscore dirt on Twitter and actually I don't know if he's on Instagram, but so we're not gonna do that. Uh Pop Culture Net on Twitter. Um oh shoot, where did I forget his um, his comic book site that he just started is I need comics.com. That is also his jump jobby. And also pop culture net on like I said uh, dot com and on YouTube as those. You can go check him out there. And for myself, Ryder Cats. Uh, Ride a cat on Twitter, Ride a cat on Instagram. Who cares about that? Uh, News News Need on Twitter and uh, Reddit. CB Caps on Instagram, where I do my comic uh, book panel capping services over there, which I'm grossly behind on, but that's okay. We're trying to get back in the, in the mix in a whole lot of different ways around here. But so you can also find this here podcast on the one mothership, CSPN.us. You can also find it on theclicknation.com. You can also find it um, at your podcast place of perusals, that being iTunes and Google Play. I don't think we made Spotify cool kids list yet. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud. And, um, well, there's a couple other places you can find that, but I'm not sure if those places are legit. So we're just going to roll on and say that. Shop.cspn.us. You can go get some merch from this here very program and other programs on the CESPN that you can go and help us out here, help you and do it all. That comes with some good stuff. You can get like, um, I don't know, notepad and stuff and shirts. Mm-hmm. With, excuse me, with uh, the Cumber Crimes emblazoned on it. Rep us and be merry and help us out so we can keep making this good content and all that comes. Smash that like button. I'm just kidding. Don't do that, please. Um, But if you want to, hey, go for it. Do it. Uh, With that, this show is at an end. Uh, Any closing thoughts? Agent 70? Why don't I get this thing going? Guess not. Okay. Oh, it's going up. Alright, this is the Chronicles, folks, and we are out. Oh. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your own mind? Oh, you did something, Tommy, mark my words well. How about this woman that you are moving higher?